All right, now, what, we're, what we've been looking at, we started last week, and what we're doing is we are answering this question. Um, one of the challenges to the creation account is this. Adam didn't die when he sinned, so the Bible isn't true. And so we're breaking it down into three sections. And so we looked at the first death last Sunday. And then this week we're looking at the second death. And then next Sunday we're going to look at uh, what happened when Adam sinned. So I wanted to review a little bit about the first death, the first, just some facts. First of all, it's the payment for sin. And um, everyone dies for their own sins. No man has power over his own death. And then Satan has power to execute where given permission. And so what happens when a person dies is um, they, their, uh, their soul goes to either heaven or hell. And their body goes into the grave. And if they're a saved person, then their spirit goes to be with God. If they're lost then they're already spiritually dead. They were never spiritually alive. But let's look at this concept of the second death. Before we do that, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, help us to understand this subject. These, these distinctions and being able to understand them, whether we end up in conversation about this subject or not, it is so important that we get this. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, the reason that we do this kind of teaching uh, to put things in a systematic form so that you can understand it better is because, man, there are so many people that walk away from the faith because the, it, there just wasn't anything there for them anymore. There just wasn't anything there for them anymore. Can you imagine running out of the truth in Scripture? Well, you know, there are preachers that just say the same stuff over and over and over again. You go to church and hear the same thing. It's just repackaged in a different way over and over and over again. And now, I do that with jokes and stories. But hopefully the scriptures, we get stuff new all the time. And now tonight, we will hear, see some familiar verses. And we'll also see some things that, that may be uh, new for us. So let's look at this concept of the second death. Um, let's see some facts on the second death. Turn with me to Revelation chapter 2. And the first fact is, there is a second death. So Revelation chapter 2, look at verse 11. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. Hurt of the second death. So the second death, there, there's hurt involved with it. And it's a, it's a given. I think it's interesting many times how the Bible does not explain itself. It, it makes a declarative statement. There won't be hurt of the second death. All right? Look at Revelation 21.8. And any of you who have been through our soul winning training have seen this verse for sure. But the fearful and unbelieving and abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. All right? So, okay, everybody look up here. Everybody look up here. And I'm going to ask you a question. There's going to be a test already tonight. All right? What is the second death? Or 
Let me ask it this way. Where is the second death? Okay, let's, let's look at... And I, I appreciate what you're saying there, but let's use the scriptural language. We'll look at the end of verse 8. All right? The lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Okay? So where is the second death? The lake of fire. lake that burns with fire and brimstone. Now, how many of you want to go into a lake that burns with fire and brimstone? None of us. None of us. That's why it's so important to get saved. If you're here tonight and you're not born again, this is your future. This is your future. And we'll look at that in a minute. So let's, let me just give you, let's do just do a kind of an overview of this subject, and then we'll go through the scriptures and nail it down. Um, the first death is um, when, when Adam died, the Bible says, that if you taste of the fruit, you shall surely die. And they tasted of the fruit, and what happened was they died spiritually immediately. They died. And then the full accomplishment of that death happened. And, you know, he was 900 years old, Adam was, when he died physically and was buried. All right? So that is what happened at the first death. And the simple fact is that one may die the first death more than once. Lazarus. Lazarus. So Jesus, you know, Lazarus died. And Jesus came to the grave and said, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus was raised from the dead. Can you imagine the stories that he told? I, I would love to hear what he had to say. But notice that that's not recorded. Why? Because God does not want us to know those details about heaven yet. Okay, so now, here is an important thing. So you have these books, this five-year-old, six-year-old kid who goes to heaven or this neurologist who dies. And, you know, these books are coming out like crazy now. There's five or six different books about people who have died and they go to heaven and they're going to come and tell us about it. Um, how many of you think Lazarus could have had something to say about that? Uh, Paul, the Apostle Paul. But God said, don't write it. Don't write it. So, so God's going to bypass all of that and use these people who are so theologically messed up to give us truth. And yet there are Christians. How many of you know a Christian that has read, a book, read one of these books or has talked with you about it? Any of you? Okay, look around. Hold your hands up. Everybody look around. Look at this. That's how deceived Christians are. Um, so, and I hope that they're, they're genuinely saved. So Lazarus died. Um, so the, the first death may be died more than once. The second death is eternal. The second death is eternal. The second death, now this is really important, the second death is not the end of that soul's existence. All right? It is a passing from a temporary state to an eternal state, just as the first death is a passing from a temporary state to an eternal state. And we'll look at that some more in a minute. At the first death, one passes from temporal life on earth to a place of eternal life with Jesus Christ or eternal torment or temporal torment in hell. Let me, let me say that again. When a person dies the first death, and, and this is when they ultimately are dead physically, they pass either to an eternal place of life with Jesus Christ. Listen to what I'm saying here. 
or a temporary place in hell. That sounds odd, doesn't it? Hell is temporary. The lake of fire is eternal. That's why when I asked the question a minute ago, where is the second death? Some said hell. No, hell is temporary. Hell, we'll see in a minute, hell is cast into the lake of fire. Death and hell are cast into the lake of fire, and that's a place of eternity. So the second death, or at at the first death, a born-again person dies, and they enter into an eternal existence with Jesus Christ. An unsaved person dies and goes to hell temporarily until the great white throne judgment, which is the second resurrection. Now, let me tell you this. And this will be a study that we ought to do. I don't want to take the time to do it tonight. Um, But we need to do a study on the first and second resurrection. None of you want to be a part of the second resurrection. The first resurrection is unto life. The second resurrection is unto eternal death, separation from God forever. So the first and second resurrection. So those are just some overviews, just some some simple thoughts about it. Um, Man is an eternal creature. He will live forever someplace and in some condition. Right? Is that that right? We all there? Okay, so let's look at the facts on the second death. There is a second death, and we looked at that, Revelation 2.11 and 21.8. And it's to be feared. Okay, everyone get your Bibles, and let's run some verses. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 28. Here's what Jesus Christ said. And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Wow. Wow. So this, I understand this is talking about hell, not the second death, but if you go to hell, you're going to have the second death. All right? It's to be feared. It's to be feared. It's not something to be taken lightly. You know, the, um, what was it, the lightning thief movie where they go to hell and deal with, you know, the different characters to get the lightning bolt back or whatever. That's some, that, that is not something to take lightly. Hell is not a thing or a place to take lightly. Um, then, it is the requiring of a soul. Look at Luke 12. It's the requiring of a soul. Luke 12 and verse 20. You know, look at uh, verse 13. Let's just start. This is an important passage. Okay, how many of you, young people, you're already thinking about the future, right? You're making plans, all right? How many of you folks are planning for retirement and what you're going to do after you're through working? You're thinking about these things, right? Yeah, yeah, hoping you can retire. Yeah, I'm just tired. I'm not retired yet. I'm just tired. All right, look at uh, verse 13. And one of the companies said unto him, Master, speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. 
And he said unto him, Man, who made me judge or a divider over you? And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possess, uh, which he possesseth. Okay, so again, young people, look at me. What's going to happen is people are going to be talking to you about preparing for life and what you can do to earn a lot of money. Now, I hope a bunch of you make a lot of money and give it to the church so I can have a raise. Okay, that'd be cool. I'm all for that. Um, but, man, life is not about how much money you can make. Okay, let's, let's explain something, though. There's nothing wrong with making a lot of money. If God gifts you and you do it in, in a way that honors the Lord, and you honor the Lord with that money, praise God. Man, I want a bunch of that. Right? I want a bunch of those people in our church. Let's go find them right now. You ready? Break. Um, but it, it's not, you know, having stuff, that's not what it's about. That's what Jesus Christ is saying. That's not what your life consists of. Then look at what the Bible says. Verse 16. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying... Look at that right there. Mark that. Anybody catch that? Yeah, and he thought. And he thought within himself, saying... What shall I do because I have no room where to bestow my fruits? You know, we're that way. I've got two garages full of stuff. Anybody else, you feel that way? You just have, you have all this stuff. So this isn't just the rich man. We, we're rich, okay? So you've got to find a place to put all this stuff. And so he said, verse 18, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul? I think that's all. I've always laughed at that right there. Thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease. How many of you have seen this right here before? Eat, drink, and be merry. Now that is, that's the hedonist's uh, uh, cry. That's the hedonist mantra today. That's the world. Kim Kardashian, you know, the, the let's, let's be the beautiful people and Laura and I went to uh, Beverly Hills one time. Somebody said, what are you going to do? And we said, we're going to let the beautiful people look at us. That's what we were going to go there and do. Um, but look at this. Here's what God says about it. But God said unto him, verse 20, Thou wise man, we're glad that you're preparing for the future. What's it say? Thou fool. This night thy soul shall be, what's the word there? Required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Wow. What a passage. What this is saying is your soul's going to be required. And it's going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ or the great white throne judgment. Your soul will be Required, But at the second death, that's the requiring of a soul to give an account for his works, and the penalty is death. Um, so, what transpires at the second death? What, what happens at the second death? Look at Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16, verse 26. All right, Jesus says, For what is a man profited 
if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul. You see that? Matthew 16, 26. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose, what does it say right there? His own soul. Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? You know, you can't bribe God. What does God need from you? Nothing. Nothing. How many of you heard of the deal with the devil? The Faustian bargain. You all, you all have heard? That's all garbage. You cannot bargain for your soul. You can't do it. And it's yours. You make the decision on where your soul is going to go based on whether you accept Christ or reject Christ. can't bargain with it. You can only save it. And you save it by trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ. So a man's soul is his own and it is eternal. After the first death, a soul retains full consciousness and full mental and physical faculties. All right, at, let me say that again. After the first death, a soul retains full consciousness and full mental and physical faculties. Go to Luke chapter 16. Look at verse 19. How many of you have ever heard this called the parable of uh, the rich man and Lazarus? Is there anything about a parable here? Uh, I want you all to get this. Don't ever think this is a parable. Look at what Jesus says in verse 19. There was a certain rich man, which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores, and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And that's a bad existence. Would you all agree with that? Yeah. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. Now, what's different there? One's carried by the angels, one's not. All right. And he cried, so this is the rich man, and he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Now, let, let me get this real important. Father Abraham? You know, it's not like Father Malhoney, Malhoney or whatever. You know, this is not a Catholic situation. He's the father of the Jewish race. All right. So, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. Okay, so here's the important part of this for our uh, thought tonight. La uh, the rich man has died and he wakes up conscious in hell and he is tormented. So he has consciousness and physical torment. That's what's going on. It's very important that we get that. Full mental and physical faculties. Let's look at the other end of the spectrum, Revelation chapter 6. This is during the tribulation period. Look at verse 9. And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them 
that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? So here they are, their souls, they have consciousness, they have awareness, and they're under the throne of God. Who are these people? These are people that get saved during the tribulation period. All right? And so they'll be a part of the last part of the first resurrection. First resurrection has three parts. The first fruits, that's the Old Testament saints that went to heaven. Then the, the, the uh, harvest, which is the rapture of all the believers. And then the gleanings, that's those who are saved during the tribulation period. They're all a part of that first resurrection. Okay, And these people would be a part of that third part of the first resurrection. It's a lot of numbers, isn't it? All right, now... But, but the, the, here's the key. Those who went to hell had consciousness and awareness. Those who are in heaven under the altar of God have consciousness and awareness. All right? Um, then, the second death. What transpires at the second death? The second death is the escape of a soul from hell to stand at the white throne judgment and then to be cast into the lake of fire. And that lake of fire is the permanent abode of the lost. Look at Revelation chapter 20. Now, when I make a statement like that, like, like I'm about to make, it's not made with any sense of arrogance. Um, it, it's, it's made with sadness. What we're talking about tonight is almost never spoken in churches. You know? Isn't that a shame? Why? Because it's Laodicea and people are more concerned with their own needs than with the truth of the Word of God. We need to understand what God's plan for the ages is. All right. So this is the permanent abode of the lost, this, this uh, second death in the lake of fire. And let's see what happens. Um, let's, why don't we start in Revelation chapter 20 and verse 1, and we'll just tie it all together. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. Um, I heard uh, Gretchen Passantino, she writes books on cults, and she does a lot with the Bible Answer Man. I heard her say that the, that the millennium is only mentioned one place in the Bible. Isn't that interesting? So let's, we're, we're reading Revelation chapter 20. And just count in your head. All right? So he is, millennium just means a thousand. All right? It's the technical term for the thousand years. All right, so he bound him a thousand years and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. And I saw thrones and they that sat upon them and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God. Those are the same folks from Revelation 6, okay? which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And, you know, when Jesus said, um, it's better to cut off your hand, 
If your hand offends you, they cut it off. It's better to do that than go to hell. You, know, you take that mark, it'd be better to cut your hand off than take that mark. That's what's going on here. All right? Uh, upon their foreheads or in their hands, the end of verse 4, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. All right, so you see that? First resurrection. And that is at the beginning of the thousand years. All right? Or it, the, the first resurrection ends at the beginning of the thousand years. And if you're confused about that, we'll clear that up at another time. Then look at verse 6. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such, the second death hath no power. See that? But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with Him a thousand years. And when the thousand years... Are, remember, it's only mentioned once. How many of you think that's a deceptive statement? Seriously. Do you all agree with that? That's a deceptive statement? Now, what she's saying is it's only found in one passage. Now, it's not only found in one passage. All right? But, the, but to say it's only mentioned once in the Bible... When did anybody count? How many did we see? Six. Six times. Six times. Isn't that interesting? All right. So, when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison, verse 8, and shall go to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together the battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. And they went up on the breadth of the earth. Now, now I, want you to, I want you to think about something. Whose numbers are like the sand of the sea? Again, people question the Scriptures on that. Uh, think about what can happen when there's almost no death and people are reproducing on the earth with no sickness or disease for a thousand years. How many think that's going to be a lot of people? Apparently, overpopulation is not going to be a problem. Okay? Then, "...and they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about in the beloved city." And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. There's no battle. There's no battle. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Now, there are people who do not believe in eternal torment. They believe in annihilation, annihilationism. And that's the idea that ultimately their penalty is over and they just cease to exist. And they get that from where Jesus said, Fear him that can destroy the body and the soul in hell. All right? So apparently destroy doesn't mean cease to exist in that context. Y'all agree with that? Uh, here, how many of you think forever and ever is different than annihilationism? Yeah, yeah, it's eternal torment. All right? Uh, now look at verse 11. And I saw a great white throne in him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. Now, remember, we've studied that. People think that they can go to heaven by their good works, so they're judged by their works. Believers at the judgment seat of Christ are judged on their work of what sort it is. 
and it's the work of the Lord. It's what you're doing in the Lord's service, and you'll get rewards, you'll lose rewards. Here they're judged for their according to their works. It's really important that we see that distinction. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell were delivered up, uh, the, and, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their what works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Now, I want you to think about something. There in chapter 21 and verse 8, the fearful and unbelieving, they're cast into that lake which burns with fire and brimstone. This is the second death. That's after the new heavens and the new earth. This is an eternal state. This is an eternal state. It is the second death. It's a permanent abode of the lost where one will never again behold any aspect of true life. What is true life? 1 John chapter 5. Verse 11. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. So eternal life is life with Christ. Eternal death is life without Christ. Suffering. Eternal torment. Remember, every good and perfect gift comes down from, uh, from uh, heaven or from above, from the Father of lights, in whom there is no variableness nor shadow of turning. Every good thing comes from God. So the heaven is the presence of God. The lake of fire is the complete absence of God. And the absence of good, that's why it's so horrible. That's the second death. That's the second death. And it's an eternal state apart from Christ. The first death is to lose one's body and spirit temporarily. The second death is to have one's soul cut off from Jesus Christ, the only true life eternally. So that ought to bring us... We've looked at some facts, and we've looked at what happens at the second death. And this really ought to bring about some concern. Concerned about your own salvation. Are you saved? Do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? Have you placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone for your eternal life? Um, look at Proverbs 11.30. We should have concern for the salvation of our soul. Proverbs 11, verse 30. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. How do you win a soul? Well, here in Proverbs, it wasn't telling someone about the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. It was teaching them to obey what Christ had told them to obey. The Word of God had told them to obey. We tell people about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Um, look at James 1. 
verse 21. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. You know the only thing that can save you is the word of God? What's the gospel? Death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ according to the Scriptures. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the Word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Amen? That's, uh, now we're back to truth and our authority, how we think. What do you think about God's Word? If you don't think God's Word can save your soul, you're going to go to hell. That's it. The only way that you can know about eternal life is through the Word of God. Um, let me just say this. What about those who've never heard the Word of God? What are those about those who've never seen the Scriptures? The heavens declare the glory of God. The Bible says in Romans chapter 1 that, um, that even His power and Godhead are manifest in the creation, made plain in the creation. And so when people observe the creation and receive the message that God has given, and as they then look for God... He can be found. There's only one. All right. Look at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 39. Hebrews 10. Verse 39. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. How do you get saved? Believe in God. Believe in God. But man, you've got to turn away from your sin turn to Jesus Christ. You have to leave your ways and your thoughts and seek God's ways and His thoughts. That's what the Bible says. Now, let me make this very clear. Salvation is not a process. Salvation is an exchange. It takes place where your sin is exchanged for Christ's righteousness. All right? But that repentance is a part of that process, or <laughs> a part of that exchange leads to it. Um, then, modern man is continually seeking ways to preserve the body or enhance the life of the spirit. I'm a spiritual person. Well, movie stars are spiritual people now. All right? Yeah, yeah. A satanic spirit. I'm spiritual. I'm in touch with spirits. Yeah. That is a satanic deception. The soul is what is essential. The soul is what is essential. Salvation of the soul is possible only through Jesus Christ. That's it. Revelation chapter 20. In verse 4. And I saw thrones, and they, that, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded. For what? For the witness of Jesus. For the witness of Jesus. Jesus Christ is the only way that you can have eternal life, that your soul can be saved. The first death is the, the sin and the sickness that came upon man at the fall that culminates in all of our physical bodies dying. 
the second death is the eternal separation from God in the lake of fire. Uh, man, I hope you're saved tonight. I hope you're saved. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth.